You know, we should probably try to do here first beatbox. I was going to say, uh, I was just going to say sing a ballad to each other, but that's. This is just because you're meeting Pat today. Trying to put some B roll in there. Right. I thought we were going to sing a romantic love it. ballad to each other, looking into each other's eyes, why don't holding these microphones. Why don't you try to make up an e-commerce song while I beatbox? Yeah, that's not going to happen. <laughs> so much pressure, I can't do it. <laughs> I may be a nationally published poet, but I don't have the capability to rhyme on command like that. All right, the next the next goal for you is to come up with like four bars. Not now. And then I'll come back and I'll lay down a beat for you. <laughs> I think not. <laughs> Don't nobody want to hear that. <laughs> oh, all right. Let's uh, let's do this. What do you say? Let's all do right. it. Well, hey, hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Amazing Seller Podcast. This is episode number 504. And today we are going to be talking about lessons that I've learned from being the dumbest person in the room. Now, sounds kind of harsh, but... Uh, it can be true, and it doesn't mean that you have to be dumb. It doesn't mean that you have to be stupid. Um, but what we're going to talk about today, Chris, yes, Chris is here in what? a hotel room with me, by the way. Oh, Uh-oh. no. Uh, so uh, we, uh, we actually had to find some quiet because uh, some quiet time because uh, the lobby's kind of busy and stuff. But we are in San Diego right now. We just attended a high level, very high level mastermind, um, not in this space. And uh, what I wanted to do was really talk about how we were in a room of about 10 people and with various businesses and various industries and uh, why that is so powerful and why not being the smartest person in the room is is so huge. And I want to talk about some lessons that we've learned and just some mind shifts um, just from being here. Uh, does that sound cool, Chris? Sounds fantastic. Can man. I do something real quick, though? Let's do it. I want to try something new here. We talked about this. I don't really do sponsorships on the show. I don't have any ads. I don't have anybody that sponsors the show. I have a lot of people that want to sponsor the show, but I don't really do sponsorships. So I think today what I'm going to do is do a sponsorship for something that we've recently done. Want to let's hear about it? it? All right, let's do it. Why don't so, you tell me about this, Scott? So today's episode is sponsored by Product Discovery Bootcamp. That's right, guys. You guys can go... No, that sounds really cheesy, but... Yes, this episode is sponsored by Product Discovery Bootcamp. That is a new training that we've created, which we're pretty proud of. A lot of people are getting really good results, and it's really about people getting started or even just expanding their their brand um, with additional products and finding the market or even a sub-market that they might not be paying attention to. So, uh, guys, if you're interested in checking that out, definitely head over to theamazingseller.com forward slash bootcamp. Again, that's theamazingseller.com forward slash bootcamp. And you can check out all the details there. There's a little video there of me explaining exactly what it is. But it's really you looking over my shoulder as Chris and I start from scratch. And we find a market. And then we drill into that market. And then we find three to five products. And then we actually have samples in hand. And actually, Chris, I have a sample that I haven't opened yet that came um, just recently that we thought was going to come in time for the training. But we're going to add that in. I'm going to actually open that inside of Product Discovery Bootcamp. We're going to add that additional uh, video there so everyone inside can check that out, which is pretty cool. A lot of people love that. And uh, yeah, it's it's a pretty cool little training and uh, it's getting a lot of people some good results. Uh, what's You want to talk about that real quickly? Like, What's the biggest thing, biggest takeaway that you've taken since going through that with um, with our, our students? I think the thing with, with Product Discovery Bootcamp is we affectionately 
refer to it PDB because that's a mouthful to say product discovery boot camp. That is true. All the time uh, when we're talking about it is that it's it's really designed to help people go through the process quickly, mm-hmm. but without taking shortcuts. Right. And, right. and after what? Five. You said this is episode 504. So after 500 episodes, Scott, how many emails have you gotten about? Can you help me with product selection? You know, I understand 10 by 10 by one, but I don't understand where to get all of these ideas or how to multiply those ideas. Right. Mm, and a lot of a lot of what we've done inside of Product Discovery Bootcamp with the group that went through it with us and all of the people that are in it right now is helped them. What's the it, not even exponentially, but geometrically. Mm-hmm. Right. Expand the number of product ideas that they have. And yeah, some of the stuff that's in there is stuff that we've talked about. Right. Sure. Like the touch list and all of those kinds of things. But really, if you want to go through that process, you want to see it done, and you want to do it correctly without having to make the mistakes, it's definitely worth taking a look at. Yeah, and you, really, to me, and a lot of people have already said it, it's about focusing on that one thing. And that and is, the focus is extremely important. And that is the thing that I want to also talk about here today in this episode is really that, the one thing, because that's really what this mastermind was about. Um, because you know, as business owners, as entrepreneurs, we have ideas all day, all day, every day, like just of different things that we can do. There's things that we want to act on. There's things that we want to want to implement. And a lot of times they're not the things that are going to move the needle, but we want to do it because we think we have to do it. Um, so I want to talk about that too. But uh, anyway, so where do we want to start here today with, uh, I mean, my mind is pretty much fried from the past couple of days. We're, we're done with that, um, with that mastermind. We have one day here that we're going to spend together as a team and we're going to do some planning and, and, you know, talking about our, our various projects and stuff. But um, yeah, I mean, where do you want to start with that? I mean, it, it's been really awesome, but I think just being in that room gets you to think a little bit differently. And then from there, what do you do with it? Well, I think, first of all, it was really interesting because we, we knew that it was a higher level mastermind, but seeing some of the numbers that people were pulling down in different businesses is really aspirational. Like you and I talk all the time about the new brand and how we've done right around $500,000. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the eventual number is going to be right when we hit the year mark, but somewhere between four hundred fifty dollars and $500,000 yep. in that brand in the first year. And seeing what other people are doing in other industries really pushes us forward. Like one of the people in the room with us did like 1.4 million from a single product. Yep. Right. And they're not, they're not in the e-commerce space, right. but one of the products that they sell did $1.4 million last year, mm. which is crazy, mm-hmm. right? That number is really cool to see. And it kind of shatters some of those limiting beliefs. Just even seeing that those numbers are possible mm. really kind of drives me forward in terms of like, it's not about the money. And that's the other thing, right? It's yeah. a, for, for you and I, like the money is a scoreboard. And I know that sounds like really condescending (laughs) right Right. like it's not about the money but like honestly you and i would do that even if it didn't make us great money right right if if we had 10 percent margins and we enjoyed it we would still do it right but that that money is a scoreboard for us and being able to see that our good score is not nearly as good as some some other people that are doing some other things is really interesting to me and really drives me forward and I think the power of being surrounded by people like that, people that are one level up or two levels up from where you are mm-hmm. in terms of that kind of stuff is really, really meaningful, right? And you and I have talked about this in the past, but you really are like the average of the five or 10 people maybe that you spend the most sure. time around. Right? Yeah, I believe that. And if you surround yourself, and a, a lot of people are guilty of this, not just in a business standpoint, right? Nope. But in a social standpoint. Yeah. We all have friends, and I think everybody listening has a friend mm-hmm. that is kind of lazy, 
mm-hmm. right? And if we spend a lot of time with them, a lot of times that's where the friction comes in, yep. right? Because they say, oh, you're always working. Or, right. oh, you're doing this. Why are you doing that? Right. Let's go, you know, have some beers and just relax by the pool. Well, no, right. now is work time, right? right? And if we surround ourselves with only those people, we bring ourselves down. If we surround ourselves with only people at the same level, that's cool. Right. We're all going to work 40 hours a week. Right. We're all going to be middle class, right. right? Like perfectly middle, middle class. Right. We're going to make our $52,000 a year or 57000 whatever it is, you know, whatever the average income is in America right now. I think we looked at that once. I think it's like 57000 It's somewhere between 50 and 60. Yeah. And, you know, that's great. But right. if we want to do things differently, let's surround ourselves with people who are doing things differently. And that's one of the things that's great about this podcast, right? There's tens of thousands of people that listen to this podcast and they're all thinking differently. Mm-hmm. But even for us, for you and I, Scott, to get outside of the Amazon space, outside of the e-commerce world and say, okay, what are these dentists doing mm-hmm. that are doing $3 million a right. year, right? right? What are these chiropractors doing that are doing? What are these truck driver or trucking companies doing mm-hmm. that maybe we can learn a lesson from? Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah, it does. Uh, and you know, some people would be like, well, how the heck does chiropractors or dentists, like sitting in on a table with people that are in that industry, how does that apply? It's marketing. <laughs> It's it's marketing mar- is marketing. Yeah, marketing is marketing, and it's crazy because we were sitting in the room with two chiropractors and a dentist, and basically all of the marketing stuff is pretty much the same. There's, you know, we were talking, uh, you know, postcard marketing or you know, mail uh, tear tear sheets, uh, like all these different things that people would think are dead, but again, you almost have to look at that as like. That's an avenue that you could explore even in your e-commerce business if you wanted to. Now, it doesn't mean you have to, but again, all they're trying to do is they're trying to get attention in their market. Um, but kind of going back to what you said about like not or, or about elevating your game, like ever since I started, well, even going back to like when I first started, like buying my first training online, I think I spent $2,000 on, on a training and, uh, and that's going back like 2002. And I didn't really have the $2,000, by the way. I put it on a credit card, and I was hoping that it was going to help me excel. And, um, and, and no, I didn't take my mortgage money. But you know what I mean? Like, I didn't have that extra two grand just laying around. But and, I, and you shouldn't take your mortgage money to do no, that. No, 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 no. <laughs> well, and we had someone at, at our mastermind that actually said that someone wanted to, uh, to buy into their program. It was like thirty grand. That they that they were charging for this thing, and the they got on a call with them, and they were like, "Well, I'm I'm going to go get a loan," and she's like, "No, no, 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 no. If you're going to get a loan, that means you're not at the place where you need this. You need to get one of my, you know, my other things, right? So, um, yeah, you don't want to go in the red. But what I'm saying is, is I invest. Look, think about how many college kids go to school, come out three hundred thousand dollars in debt, and have to spend thirty years trying to pay that back, right?" We're talking about like investing sometimes maybe a thousand or two thousand or five thousand in in yourself. In 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 to me, it's always come back to me. There's things that I've learned through the years from investing in myself that have that have uh, you know helped me and elevated my game. But my my point was this: if you would have said to me back in 2002, you'll be joining a mastermind group for almost as much as you made in one year back then, right? Like. Would you, well, it was actually not that much, but it was, it was, you know what I'm saying? Like it was a, it's a substantial amount of money, but to me, I didn't really even blink an eye because I was just kind of like, it's where I'm at to get to where I got to go. I want to expand and grow. 
And I know that the the resources of these people that I'm sitting around the table with also will help me elevate my game. And by just sitting there and listening to some of the numbers that are thrown out, not in just our industry, but other industries, it, it just validates that we are thinking too small. Like, and I'm not saying you gotta sit there and, and today say, I've got to go out there and think I'm gonna make, you know, $10 million. No, I'm not saying that. You gotta start baby steps, but understand that the only thing that is holding you back to get to where you are is you period that's it like I was talking to my wife this morning about you know our sessions and stuff and I said I the one thing I've realized and I've known this but I've I, I'm realizing even more now there is so much money out in the world that there's no excuse you can't get in front of it you just have to figure out your way and your purpose and your thing to get in front of it you, it doesn't mean you have to go work for someone and earn $56,000 a year. It means that you have to go out there and find your avenue, your way. And this e-commerce thing, you know, maybe your thing to get you going, but it might not be the end all. What's the one quote? I'm, I'm going to screw it up if I try it. The one that like what gets you where you are today isn't going to work. What, you're what gonna, got you here isn't what's going to get you there. There you go. Right? I, don't, and again, I think that was a Mark Twain quote. It might have been, I don't know. I'm going to probably get hate mail on that one. The worst winner I ever had was summer <laughs> in San Francisco. It's <laughs> a Mark Twain quote. Okay. Um, so, you know what I mean? Like, so um, what I'm realizing, and I think we've all been conditioned and and kind of brought up with the mindset that, you know, don't waste that because money doesn't grow on trees, right? That's exactly where I was going to go. So, and that's the mindset. It's it's a mindset. And now that you're around it, you're like, holy crap, like, man, I thought we were doing pretty good. We are, but these guys are showing me that we're actually small. Like, we're small little fish here. Um, and it's good because then it allows me to say, like, wow, maybe we're thinking a little bit too small. Like, even with the podcast, I'm like, you know, you know, we just hit 10 million downloads. That's awesome. Maybe I should be thinking we should be able to hit 25 by next year. So that means I got to do, you know, just a better job of reaching more people. Like again, thinking small, but that you can't just start off thinking to yourself, I got to get from a, you know, to, to, to B, but, but it's going to be like this giant leap, but you have to understand that it's possible if you, if you kind of create that plan and then execute, but then also surround yourself with the people that aren't going to limit your belief. I think there, there's a couple of things that I want to dive into here, but the, the first one that pops into my head, you talked about the thing that got me here isn't the thing that's going to get me there, right? Yep. And what the mistake that I see a lot of people make, and we, you and I are straight up guilty of this, and we got yelled at for it in this mastermind group this yeah. weekend, was, uh, and, and is for a lot of people, okay, I'm going to sell, and let's just use the Amazon example, right? I would love to sell my product for $25. Yep. I'm going to commit at 19 and I'm going to slowly raise the price from 19 to 20 to 21 because every time I raise it, it then validates right. that that's the thing. Right. But it turns out there's somebody in the market selling the same exact product for 55. Mm. Why are we selling our garlic press for $21? Mm -hmm. Right. And why are we worried about raising it from 19 to 21 if mm. we could sell it for 55? The same thing applies in every area of life, right? The, nothing we do is linear. It doesn't work out that way, right? Right. If, if you want to grow to the next level, if you want to do any of those kinds of things, it is jumps. Mm -hmm. and, and you and I have talked about this in terms of Amazon in the past too, like with sales volume, right? It doesn't go five today, six tomorrow, seven on Thursday, eight on Friday, nine. It goes mm. five, 15, 35 a day right right and then you plateau somewhere up there right but it's not this linear process it's very exponential and it's it's big leaps and jumps and if you trick yourself which a lot of us do including you and i into thinking that your growth whether as a as a business or as a person is going to happen linearly 
you are handicapping yourself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're literally cutting yourself off at the knees and you are still going to grow, but you're going to grow much more slowly and you're going to grow uh, and you're never going to reach your true capacity to do the best you can in your business or the mm-hmm. best you can in your personal life or any of those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's nice to be in a room surrounded by people that don't just that aren't just maybe smarter than us. And when we say like we're the dumbest people in the room, we're not saying we're stupid. Right. Right. But we're ignorant. Right. Of the things that these people are doing because they're doing things completely different from us. So they are much smarter at those things than we are. And when you're able to do that, they go, well, why are you only thinking that you can get 10 million downloads? That's awesome. What is it? What will it take you to get to 25? Right. Right. The podcast has been around for three years. It's done 10 million downloads. What what would you have to do to get to 25? Mm -hmm. And that sounds completely unrealistic. Mm -hmm. And it sounds ridiculous to say I'm going to go from 10 to 25 million in a year. But it happens all the time. Mm-hmm. But if you're not thinking about that, if you're saying, okay, well, I, you know, I did two million downloads or five, you know, three million downloads this year. Right. I'm gonna do four next year. Right. Your strategy for everything that you do related to the podcast, whether you bring certain guests on, whoever those people are, right, is gonna be completely different from a strategic level than it is if you're trying to grow to twenty five million by next mm-hmm. year. Right. And it, it the same thing applies in our e commerce business. If we're trying to go from 500,000 to a million next year, Mm -hmm. our strategy in that brand is going to be vastly different than if we're trying to grow that from 500,000 to 5 million next Mm -hmm. year. We're trying to add an extra comma to that number, right? And I'm not saying set unrealistic goals. That's the other point of this. But you have to set a goal that's challenging enough that it forces you to think differently. Mm -hmm. And that, I think, is probably my biggest takeaway from this weekend is yeah. One every time, and and Joel from our team does a really good job of challenging you and I on this mm-hmm. in everything that we do, whether it's related to the podcast, whether it's in the new brand, whether it's just in our personal lives. Right, he yells at me all the time, um, just because I think he he is likes to yell sick at you. and he enjoys it. <laughs> um, but okay, well, why is why is that the goal? Right, right, and literally ninety nine point nine percent of the time, what do we say? Uh, because it sounded like a good number. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Right. Right. And if you don't have someone to push you back on that, whether it's your wife, whether it's your husband, whether it's a partner, whether it's somebody in an accountability group or a mastermind, you're always going to just go, yeah, 500,000 sounds really good. Right. And then if you hit it, great. And if you don't, oh, well. Right. right? But would you rather shoot for five million and hit three or shoot for two million and hit two million? Right. Right. Like yeah, that's kind of the stre- other thing. It's like yeah. a stretch goal. Right. It's kind of how we look at it. It's like, what's your stretch goal? What's your goal? What's your stretch goal? And it's kind of setting the bar high. I always look at that like at my, you know, with my son or any of my kids for that matter. We've always kind of had them play up a little bit. Right. Not to a point where they're going to they're going to get defeated every time and have like low self-esteem. But if you're playing at the same level as everyone else, you will be like everyone else. If you if you're sur- if you're surrounded with those kids that are a little bit better than you, you're going to strive to be a little bit better so you can stay the same, right? And it's it's just human nature. If you're playing with you know kids that are a little bit lower quality, then you're going to maybe not throw it as hard over from third to, or from third to first because you don't want to hurt the kid on first because he can't catch the ball, right? No, that's the true story. That actually happened. Um, my son was playing actually for a school team, and they wanted him to play at his level at that that time. I think he was in seventh grade. And he had already been playing travel baseball and stuff, so he was a little bit better than, actually a lot better than a lot of these kids, but just in the average kid. And we started playing, and he was like, Dad, I can't even like throw it to second as hard as I want because 
they are not going to catch it. I don't want to hit them in the face. I'm like, all right, we got to get you out of there. And I literally pulled them from the team. It was hard to do because I didn't want to let the team down, but it's just not. Oh, you hear that? Do you know what that is? Wait, this is live. You hear those dogs barking? I've got the ring on my you got, door. You got the Brody alarm? No, I've got the ring. That that new your, uh, your video doorbell? Yeah, my video doorbell. <laughs> Someone's at my door. And I'm in San Diego. I could probably turn it on and we could see who it is. It's probably my wife letting the dog out. Um, anyway, that was random. Uh, you're supposed to mute that stuff down, Scott. You're on a podcast. You should know better. Five hundred episodes in. Yes. <laughs> damn you. Um so uh so yeah, so in, in that situation. We we had to pull him because, again, then he was going to have to start babying himself, right? Like kind of playing down to the competition. And it happens to him to this day. He's playing basketball with kids that are D1, you know, players. And he's just, you know, it's kind of a rec league, but they're still ex-D1 players. They're good. So he's elevating his game. He's going a little bit harder. Now he plays with the guys like me at the gym. I don't play, but, you know, the guy's my age. And they just go there to have fun in the morning. He goes there and he, he kind of softens it a little bit, right? You're playing to the competition or you're playing to the skill set of the people that you're surrounding yourself with. And, and I think that's important um, to, to know that. And for me, that was a big takeaway, just that it was, it was confirmation, but also realization that, wow, man, like, you know, like we're thinking small and we we should probably start to uh, think a little bit differently, you know. Speaking and just to bring this whole, you know, this is kind of an ethereal conversation. You like that word, ethereal? Jeez, you, right? you're teaching me all it's kinds a, of words. It's a woo woo word, Scott. See, I'm definitely not the smartest one in this room. <laughs> We're having a woo woo conversation right yeah. now, you know. And it, I think it's extremely important. Don't get me wrong, but to bring this back to a business lesson, yeah, right. If you're only doing exactly what everyone else in your market is doing in terms of yeah, I love this or yeah. product selection yep. or any of those kinds of things, yep. you're doing it wrong, <laughs> right? Wow, you should have seen how Chris just—he <laughs> angled the microphone to his face and he got very serious. I wanted, I you're wanted doing it wrong. <laughs> you're you're incorrect. I'm just going to leave it right there, right? Because your business is not wreck basketball at the Y with right. the, you know the the 40, 50 year old guys, right? right. Business is the NBA, mm-hmm. and if you play down in the NBA, you get crushed, mm-hmm. right? Because the second that somebody comes in that's better than you, mm-hmm. that's building their email list yep. off of Amazon to launch products, right. that's using influencer marketing, that's writing content, right. that actually understands how to write a sales email, which, by the way, guys, is not all that difficult, right? right? You literally just have to make an offer. But somebody comes in that's doing any of those things, you're in trouble. That's mm-hmm. why you and I, I think are very secure in this new brand, even as competition starts to come into the market. Yep. Because we know that we can out-market those people. We yep. are going to out-hustle yep. and out-think right. most of the people that are coming into the market. Right. And you have to have that mindset in business. You have to be thinking about the things that you could do that you aren't doing right now right. or things that might work that you should try. Not to say do all of them, not to say nope. get bogged down in those things, but you can't assume that just because everyone else is doing it that a it's the best way or b it's the right way zigging and zagging right it's like if if everyone is doing one thing then you shouldn't necessarily do the same thing and that was confirmed in in our mastermind right i was like everyone's kind of flashing the lambos now right don't get me started on the lambo talk we got to do a whole podcast on that right so you know you got you got the you know the kids out there i say kids you know the 20 to you know, 30 year olds. Hey, that's Chris, but he's not the Lambo guy. But there's, there's, you know, that's the audience they're trying to attract and they're flashing the Lambos right in front of, you know, people and they're trying to get their attention. 
you know, you know, with, uh, you know, with that bait in a sense. Right. And, um, I don't even know where I was going with this. You got me on the Lambo zigging thing. and zagging, zigging and zagging. So yeah. So for me, that's not my direction. Cause that's not who I want to help. That's not my audience. So I'm not even going to pay attention to what they're doing. Right. I, I don't care that they're going to try to even get you. I'm not saying you, Chris, but you who's listening to try to get you with one of those flashy, shiny objects, okay? And that could be that. It could be a whole bunch of muddy in their hand, and they're trying to, and they throw it in the air or something. Like, I'm not going to do that because it's cheesy, number one. And number two, it's just bait to get you to pay attention. And it's not authentic to and you. And it's not authentic to me, right? That's not me, okay? Like, you know, we were around some people this weekend that were, you know, high-end spenders. You know, like, they were, you know, materialistic. They had, you know, stuff that that was important to them not important to me, right? What's important to me is being able to do what I want to do, have that lunch in the afternoon with my wife, be able to take walks with my kids, being able to play, you know, disc golf in the afternoon with my son if I wanted to. Like, that's what's important to me. Go on vacations with them, spend time with them, do stuff like this and travel if I want to. That's important to me. And that's what I think is important to you listening right now, if you're listening uh, and that, that pertains to you. But it's like, that's who that's who I am more aligned with, but I'm going to basically do more to try to, I don't want to say influence, but I want to say like get your attention on that because it's totally realistic and it's totally true and it's authentic to me. So by doing that, I'm not going to pay attention to that and say, oh, those guys are doing it, so I got to do it. It's the same thing with your marketing in e-commerce. If someone right now is selling the garlic presses a certain way and they're doing stuff on Amazon, you need to not pay attention necessarily to what they're doing. You need to figure out what other people in other marketplaces or other, you know, other areas of the market that are selling those products and pay attention to those people. Maybe even buy their product and see their sales system, see their sales funnel. And do that stuff. Go where your marketing or where where your competition is not and pay attention to other people that aren't in your brand that are doing it in a different way than your competition. That's a big takeaway for people. Now, I I, I know that some people are thinking because it immediately popped into my head. So I I may be the only one. Maybe. But but let's let's, let's talk about it. Is Scott, you and Chris say all the time, look at the other people in your market and see how they're selling the product. Absolutely. That's where you start. Yeah, we're not saying to ignore that. Right. And it... You know, in you're not necessarily talking about like Lambos when you're talking about a garlic press, right? right? But when you're talking about like business creation stuff, somebody's dog apparently is just I running know. through the hotel. What happened? Uh, when you're talking about like getting started in business, right. that's what a lot of people try to use as their bait. That's not what we're going to use, right? That so that's a little bit of a different example. But when we're talking about a garlic press on Amazon, right? We want to model what we know is working. Modeling is. Modeling, to start with, it, it, yeah, and, and it's different than what we're talking about as far. But you're right. I like, just I wanted to clarify. Yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, no, no, and, and that's a great point. I'll you know go ahead further on that. But you know we're not we're not saying that we're not paying attention to our market on Amazon because that's our launch platform. Okay, that is our launch platform. I'm saying that very clear, and I'm saying it a couple different times because I want people to understand. One more. It's your launch, launch platform. platform. Okay, because. It's where we can get started very easily, and a lot of the heavy lifting is done for us. But that's just where we're starting. Now, we said earlier, you know, what got you where you are today isn't necessarily where it's going to get you to, to tomorrow, and that's exactly what we're talking about. You can start your brand right now on Amazon, model what other people are doing in your market, not necessarily modeling that they're doing, um, you know, fake reviews and they're doing all that crap. No, 
Like that's what I'm kind of talking about. I'm like saying if your mark, if your marketing or your your competition is marketing in a gray hat, gray hat, black hat way, or they're doing things and everyone's doing the same thing, don't do the same thing. But if you know, if their images are set up a certain way and they work, test it. If they're, uh, you know, if they're going after certain keywords that you know that people are looking for, test them. Like we're just using that as a base to get started, but then we're going to start to take our outside, you know, intelligence in our marketplace and maybe even sprinkle that into. Maybe we see that pictures on a certain ads on Facebook are working really well. Maybe we're going to tie that type of picture into our Amazon business. So we can take something that's working well on a Facebook ad and then bring it over and see how it's going to work on a main image or a secondary image or, or an offer or something like that. That's all we're saying. But no, what, what I'm saying is, is you're going to model it. You're going to look at it. That's what we're talking about there. But I'm saying additional marketing outside of the platform. If everyone's out there going like, oh, there's this new thing. You can go to this group and you can and they'll buy it at full price and then they'll go ahead and send you a rebate card. So it's basically you're paying for the review. Like, no. Don't do that. There's other ways you can do it legitimately, and it's going to, to me, be more powerful than yeah. that because you don't have to use that that resource that's only going to be able to be used a few times before it gets burnt out. Use other. There's different ways to do it. Right. That's what I'm saying. No, and I I think that's important, right? Yeah, and it, it is because I know that question immediately popped into my head as something that somebody listening to this sure. conversation may sure. think because what we're talking about, like when you when you launch something or when you do something, right? We always want to take the best guess. Mm-hmm. That's what everyone else in the market is doing. Right. Right. Playing at that level, if, if we're going to keep mm-hmm. with that analogy, is being on the seventh grade baseball team. Yep. Right. That got us here. That's going to get us up. That's going to get us stable. You and I are constantly testing photos, constantly testing headlines, constantly mm-hmm. testing price point, testing all of those things within Amazon because we know a lot of people aren't. Right. And that's one of the reasons why we are one of the highest priced products. One of one of the still? products in the new brand is. Yeah. Ten dollars more mm-hmm. than anything else on the market, yep. and it's outselling everything else on the market, including the people that directly ripped us off. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. yeah, we're selling more than the people who are selling the exact same product, right, from the same manufacturer, right, for ten dollars less. Right? Why yeah. is that? And well, they have no idea what we're doing behind the scenes to basically be able to crush them if we want to. And I know it's a little harsh, but. I wanted to say that, um, <laughs> but it sounds cool. Um, but there's things that we're going to be doing to set up in our business that will be able to drive traffic to our listing anytime we want. And we'll also be able to probably sell our product outside of Amazon in our own sales funnel. And our goal really is to create a six to seven figure funnel for just three products. Like that's my goal going forward here in this new brand. And if we do that, well, you get you make a million dollars over here, and then you make a million dollars over here. Not make, generate. Let's say revenue. Your, your revenue is over here a million. You got a revenue over here. Like, number, There's two things that's really cool with that. Number one, we got a whole bunch of leverage that we could drive traffic directly to Amazon and then all of a sudden just take over, right? Or we can make more money on our sales process, our sales funnel over here because we're not paying all the fees on Amazon. That, that's another thing. And if we ever want to sell the brand and we can say, we're doing a, a million over here in revenue and a million over here, two channels, we're worth more to that buyer, you know? So just, just another thing. And this is, you know, thinking, thinking differently, thinking higher level, right? You and I love Amazon Mm -hmm. and I don't think as long as Amazon allows third party sellers, Mm -hmm. there is probably not a time that we will not be selling our physical products on Amazon. Right. I I just can't see that happening because they have such a huge portion of the market. Now they have a huge portion of people actively 
looking for a solution. And you and I have said this in the past. Mm-hmm. I don't know the actual statistic, but you always see it bandied about, thrown around, if yep. you will, at like three percent of the market. Right. Right. So three percent of the market. Let's call it. Let's call it. 60% of the market, okay, right? Which is not right. It's significantly smaller than that. But let's just say 60% of the market is anybody that's interested in cooking at any given time, mm-hmm. 60% of those people, mm-hmm. right? So half of America right. is looking for a garlic press at any given right. time. That means that 40% of the people who want to buy your product mm-hmm. are not actively looking on Amazon. Right. But if you put it in front of them and gave them the right offer and had the right message they would still be interested in it because they're still thinking about a garlic press. Right. It would still be beneficial to them. That means we're missing 40% of the market. Realistically, it's more like 97% of the market. Right. right. So we can do 500000 on Amazon, but if we're building our stuff off of Amazon, there's a whole giant market there. Now, it's more complex to reach. It takes more work. It takes more effort. Mm-hmm. That's why Which your is why we don't start there. And that's why your competition won't be doing it, most likely. Especially exactly. people that are just saying, I'm going to go and build a business on Amazon. Like, right. that's, that's but, big. But to me, and I'm going to say this, and I'm sure we're going to get an email, building a business on Amazon is not building a business. Mm. Building a business involves being channel independent. Mm-hmm. It involves being a, able to say, if Amazon went away tomorrow, we would be okay. Right. We'd take a revenue hit. Right. But we would be okay. Mm-hmm. Amazon is where you start the business, mm-hmm. but getting you to where you want to be tomorrow, if your goal, and if you're listening to this podcast, I know your goal is to create a real business, right? Right. We're going to have to think about those things at some point. Mm-hmm. Don't think about it right now, right? right? If you're in the product selection phase, focus on finding that product, mm-hmm. focus on getting it up on Amazon and focus on getting it selling. Mm-hmm. Once that is up and stabilized, that's when we start thinking about those other things. And Scott, that's why you and I, for the last year and a half, have been ranting relentlessly and beating people over the head with build an email list, mm-hmm. right? Because that's kind of the first step into a lot of those things. It's the first thing that we said, you know, people people need to know about this. Mm. And it's easy enough that most people can do it. And it's an asset that we can use and build pretty quickly mm. to help us do anything outside of this or even inside of this ecosystem. So this is one thing that we can bolt on that's going to give us a leg up without having to change anything else. It's the easiest first step. Absolutely. Then what do you do? So in the new brand, what have we done? We were selling for 11 months as of recording, that, right around 12 months. Mm-hmm. Um, we have an email list of right around 30,000 people, and we are just now building out a full e-commerce site, right? Like we have a Shopify store and we literally have to switch our hosting. Right. And that's all we have to do to do that. Mm -hmm. But we're a year into that. Right. Before we started to really focus and worry about that. But now we're at a place where we know we could continue to launch products on Amazon and we're going to continue to grow that business. But if we want to take this from a $500,000 brand to a $5 million brand, it's not going to happen just within the Amazon ecosystem. Mm -hmm. We're going to have to find other buyers, other people who are interested. Yep. We're going to have to expand the reach of that business. Yep. And that's fine. If you're happy at 500, that's great. Mm-hmm. If that gives you the lifestyle that you want, if that gives you and and turns you into the person that you want to be, right? It gives you the freedom to do whatever it is that you want to do. In your case, Scott, you know, you want to have lunch with your wife every day. You want to be able to pick your daughter up from school. Yep. You want to be able to take a couple vacations a year. You could really comfortably do that in the brand right now if it was just you. Right. But that's not what we want to do with the brand. Right. The, the goal is not to just have a lifestyle business. The goal is to build a real business that we could potentially sell at some point or we could just keep as an asset 
bring in somebody to run it for us if that's what we want to do or stay involved in it ourselves because yeah. it really doesn't take that much time. Now, you're, you're talking a $500,000 revenue, okay, um, if that's what you're bringing in. And if you were at 40%, that's a $200,000 year, okay? Let's, take, let's say it was 30%, you know, or even 25%, okay? That's for a lot of people. Now that's just Amazon. Even at 20%. Yeah. That's a hundred thousand dollars. That's just Amazon. Now I would never say you get there and then you quit your job and then you depend on that. What I would suggest is doing exactly what we just said is then, yes, keep that going. Try to get it bigger. Of course, try to grow that. And I think you could probably build that to a probably a million and a half to two million with just what we have. Okay. And then I think from there, you start thinking outside of Amazon to number one, protect the brand, but then also make the brand even more money. Um, so just a lot of people are throwing out that I got to go out there and build a multi-million dollar brand in order to be successful and to be able to, to live the lifestyle. What is your lifestyle? What is your number? And I've talked about this in the past. And, you know, again, even today, or Bob, this, this, you know, these past couple of days, a lot of it was like us identifying our, you know, number one, our, are things that we're doing right now and then figuring out the one that you could focus the most energy on that could give you the most return. Like that's what it was. And you know, we've we've done that. So now we're going to go all in within, you know, the amazing seller and within the new brand because we're kind of in a unique situation here. Like we've got a brand that we're partnered in on and that we want to do well. You know, number one, we'd love to make some extra money, right? And number two, it's also a way for us to be able to still be in the trenches and teaching what we're doing and what we're learning. And we love it. We enjoy it. And that's the other thing I want to say here is, you know, a lot of people are, again, doing exactly what everyone's saying or everyone else is doing. I'm going to go out there. I'm going to find a product that's selling. I'm going to go ahead and launch it. There's no really thought of like building a brand. There's really no thought about can I sell this thing outside of Amazon? None of that stuff is even really thought of. It's just take the numbers, plug it into a tool and see if it's selling. If it is, try to sell it. If it all works out. We're doing the opposite of that. Again, the market's saying to do one thing. We're saying to do something different because we have different beliefs and a different, really a different mission moving forward as far as like why we're doing this and what we're doing it for. If you just want to go out there and make a few extra bucks, just go out there to garage sales, find stuff, flip it on eBay. Do it. It's easy. Go ahead and do that. Um, or just do retail arbitrage. Brody will teach you. Yeah, Brody will teach you. He knows how to do it. Actually, my 10-year-old could probably teach you. Um, so that's that's what I would do. Um, but in this case, we're not talking about doing that. We're talking about building a real business. So that brings me back to the point of like inside of Product Discovery Bootcamp, what we are really doing is having you identify a market that you can sell products in. Now, we would love it if it was something that you were interested in because wouldn't you all love to do something that you would just wake up and go, cool, I want to work on this? Or, oh, yeah, those fidget spinners. Like, okay, cool. You know, Now, you could fall in love with the process and think of this as like a game. That's fine, too. If I'm, I'm cool with that. If you want to just look at it as a game in a sense and you're going to go, I'm going to build a brand. I'm going to find products that, that I can sell that can serve a market. And it, to me, it's the game of really being able to make this thing work and make it profitable. That's fine too. It's like that's that's your hobby in a sense. But if you can really find something that resonates with you, that is a passion of yours, that that you can get really deep in and maybe even build a brand around you or someone that you know, that's even better. And inside of Product Discovery Bootcamp, that's what we do. It's called Product Discovery Bootcamp because a product that is usually where you know around you or in your life will lead you to a market. 
And that's, we, we really want, and I share an example uh, in, in the workshop that we've done in the past where there was something that I stumbled on that led me to a market and I shared how that all happened. You know, there's things in our life that happen all the time. Maybe today something's not in my life, but tomorrow something new is, and that will lead me to that market. And once you get, you know, you get clarity on the market and you start to figure that out and you get that, the, the plan built for the three to five products, it becomes easier. Because now all you're doing is focusing on one market. You're not focusing on, oh, I got to go find another market, another category, another, I, does this sell, how does it sell in this market? It's, it's easier to me, you know? Absolutely. I, I kind of want to change, change tact here for a second. Sure. Because I, I wanted to go back to something, uh, another thing that came out of this, and it's something you and I know because we do it sure. <laughs> for other people all the time. But it's really nice to have a fresh set of eyes on what you're doing from people who are not in the trenches on a daily basis. And we got we got a question inside of the, the student group today, um, or a couple days ago, actually, and I saw the comment that was something like, you know, I, I think I should track everything at the parent level. Like, I have some products with variations. I, I want to track everything at the parent level, but all these softwares are trying to do it at the child level, right? Yeah. So they're telling me the sales for the blue, the red. I don't care about that. Well, you actually really need to be looking at it at that level, Yeah. right? Yeah. And in our businesses, a lot of times we go, oh, well, we sold 20 garlic presses today. Right. And we're investing the same amount of time and effort in the black one and in the gray one. But it turns out that 19 of those sales every day are on the black one. The gray one sells one a day. Right. Why are we adding that level of complexity to our business to do those things? And when you're in, in the trenches in your own business, it's really hard to see those things. You know, everybody listening knows logically that that's stupid, mm -hmm. <laughs> right? It's yeah. a complete and utter waste of your time. Mm -hmm. But sometimes it takes somebody from a different industry or just not that that's working in your business mm -hmm. to actually work on your business yeah. with you. That's big. It's like a 30, a 30, uh, it's foot, a 30, 30,000, 30, 30 foot, foot view. Yeah. It's a 30,000 foot. It's a mid-sized ladder view or yeah. a 30,000 foot view. <laughs> it's looking uh, a lot higher than you are right now at, at the, the, the business, you know, and, or what you're doing. Right. Uh, you know, and, um, and I think sometimes you, sometimes you have to do that maybe quarterly, maybe you have to do it every six months, every year, um, because then you can get clarity on what you're doing, what is working. And I'm not saying don't try different things. You do want to do that to see then what does work and then double down on that. But sometimes we can just dabble and then we get distracted and then we don't give the attention to the one thing that will really drive the business or drive where we're headed. Well, and I think, I think it's, Part of it is shiny object syndrome or squirrel brain, right? Mm -hmm. Like everybody that is listening to the show, you're already 99% different from everybody else that's out there because you're trying to change your life. You have that entrepreneurial mindset to some extent, yep. right? And we love seeing things that work. Like that's the thing that lights you and I up. And I saw this a couple weeks ago. We were talking to somebody that's a friend and I took 20 minutes to look into their business, right? And I said, well, what's what's getting you the majority of the money right now? Yeah. You're doing pretty well. What's getting you? No idea. I don't know my numbers, right? Mm. Which gives me a heart attack. Yeah. Because, you know, you are you a fan of The Profit with yeah. Dr. Slamos? Oh, yeah. No one on that show ever has their numbers, and it blows my mind, right? Yeah. He's done the show four seasons. You'd think if you get on the show, you'd have your numbers in order I for know. him to look at. But we don't look at them on a daily basis, mm. right? We look at our sales, sure, but we don't necessarily say, well, this is taking 80% of my time and it's getting me 5% of my sales. Mm. When somebody from outside comes in and you say, explain your business to me, what makes you money, mm. right? It forces you to go through that process and it forces you to cut out some of the things that you might uh, really enjoy but are costing you both in terms of money mm -hmm. and mental bandwidth, mm. right? To say... Oh, you know, I love doing the Facebook thing, 
but it really, you know, it sucks up 35 hours a week of my of my time. Right. And it's costing me money. It's not making me anything. Mm-hmm. Well, that's okay. If you love doing it, let's find a way to work it into the business, but maybe let's knock it down to 3.5 right. so that we, <laughs> you know, from 30, let's reduce it by 90% so that you can still do the thing that gives you energy, but that you now have magically created 31 and a half hours in your business that you right. can work on things that are, that are producing. Um, and I, I think that's important for a lot of other people because we all, we all fall victim to this, right? Mm-hmm. Whether it's software tools that we're spending money on that we don't need to be, right? Cause we haven't exactly. logged into them in eight months right. or, uh, whether it's launching a product and, and falling in love with that particular product, even though no one has ever bought it and mm-hmm. we just have $8,000 in inventory sitting there. What could we do with that $8,000? Well, we could launch two new products, right? Yeah. So let's get rid of that. Let's move on. If we want to try it again in the future with a different strategy, let's do that. Mm-hmm. But for now, let's, Let's move on and let's make a business decision to move forward. I think that's really important for people. Yeah, I think it is too. Uh, one other thing I wanted to cover here before we wrap up. I know we could rant here for hours, um, but I do want to... Until they kick us out of the hotel. I do want to uh, respect our listeners' time, um, even though they might be riding or driving in the car or uh, riding you know, a train. Who knows? Um, anyway, um, the other thing that I wanted to, uh, to kind of bring up was, um, you know, like... Everyone is, again, uh, thinking that when they're doing something and it might not be working, but they got started, they, they get married to the thing, right? And it's hard for them to what we a lot of times refer to as pivoting, right? And it's something that I think a lot of entrepreneurs need to do, in a sense, at different parts of the journey. So, I mean, even like for me, I've pivoted how many different times now? You know, and it wasn't because I got bored. It's just because things happen through the years that lead you to where you are. Um, but I think some people, they'll just stay kind of married or attached to something, even though it might not be working. And they really would love to start maybe something else, maybe fresh now that they have the knowledge, right? Because you might have started this whole thing and been following, you know, this person and then this person and then me and then someone else. And like you got all these different ways of doing things and it might have got you started. But now you're like, if I was to start over again today, I would pick a market and I would drill deep into that market and find a sub market. We always talk about fishing. I'd find the fishing market. I'd go to um, the, the uh, bass fishing market and then I'd go to kayak bass fishing market. That's where I would start. That makes a lot more sense to do that. And then I would build out from there and then I would start doing maybe stuff that was in bass fishing only. And then I would start to get my, so I would start to do that. That's what I would do. But right now, because I've committed to this, this product brand that isn't really you know, it doesn't really meet all the criteria of a brand. I'm still going to do it because I'm committed to it. And I think it's okay to kind of reassess and then make that pivot. I get a lot of people that email me and say, Scott, I got this product and, you know, it was doing well and then it wasn't doing well. And now I'm struggling because this, that, and the other thing. And I don't really think I could build a brand around it. But if I could build a brand around it, it would be hard. I think if I would start over again, I would do this. And I'm like, well, then liquidate and do this, right? Like, it's hard sometimes to hear and it's hard sometimes to swallow, but sometimes that's what we have to do. Um, so I guess my point is, is, and that's something that I took away even just from these two days, is just because what got me here, man, that's going to be the theme, is, you know, it doesn't mean it's going to get me to where I want to go um, tomorrow or you know, the next month or whatever. So I need to know when that time is. And like for me right now, like you know, this podcast was really started about me on this Amazon journey. And kind of explaining that because I wanted to share what I was doing with people that were like me that didn't think that they could do it. 
That's really how it all started. But now I'm starting to notice that my real, I guess, passion for even teaching and sharing this stuff, and again, it's because my journey's changed, is now like not just Amazon, but off of Amazon and e-commerce in general. And then, you know, really like customer journey and like all of that stuff, that's more of where I want to be. And I want to help businesses at a higher level even. Like I want to help. It's so much, for me, it's like you and I have both said that. It's easy to go into a business that is already up and running and they have some assets, but they're not using the assets properly. It's easy for us to go in there and just turn a few dials and all of a sudden, boom, we've got results. We're a hero. Great. Um, but to get people started, it's, it's a challenge at times. Um, so I guess what I'm trying to say is I go through it, you go through it, people listening are going to go through it, understand it's part of the process, but again, if you don't surround yourself with those people, or me being able to channel what I learned, I think by me going to this high-level mastermind that I spent a lot of money on, I'm able to give you a small taste of that and things that I've learned and hopefully get you to think outside of your box. And from there, uh, being able to then expand yourself to where you know that this is part of your journey and when the time is right, you know, you need to make these moves, but also you need to understand that thinking outside the box and uh, elevating your thinking and thinking a little bit bigger um, is also a good thing. So that's kind of what I want to <laughs> land on there. So what do you what do you got there, Chris? Well, there, there was one last little nugget because you were talking about pivoting, right? And yeah. you, you shouldn't be afraid to pivot. But right. one little piece of caution or nugget of wisdom that I want to throw in there is most people don't know their numbers well enough to know if they should pivot, right? right? Like, so one of the things that came up this weekend was not knowing what's working. And you and I kind of have this, this joke now that, you know, business is real easy, right? right? It's doing more of what works and less of what doesn't, which is really 99% of business, right? right? But what most people miss, and we see it all the time in, like when people send us hot seats, there's always something that they're doing really well. And they go, product's not working, everything's broken. Mm -hmm. You go, no, 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 no this part is you're doing this. You crushed this. Mm -hmm. You build an awesome email list that's highly responsive. Mm -hmm. Your product is terrible. Mm -hmm. That's where it's broken. Right. Right. And so before you just throw up your hands, like not, not saying like the passion version of pivoting, but right. the, the, I don't know why it doesn't work for right. pivoting is, is different because there's almost always something in that system that is working. Mm -hmm. We have to turn the dial in the front or the dial in the back mm -hmm. to get it to work differently. But the middle chunk is working. That one guy that we met um, a few weeks back in Orlando came up to me. He's got big listener. You know, you know, I've been listening, and really the biggest thing that's helped me is your constant take action and just keep moving and don't give up. And he started, launched a product on Amazon, and uh, it did okay, but he found out that he didn't look at the competition good enough. So what did he do? He pivoted and went with that same product and said, I'm going to try to make it work off of Amazon. And I'm going to try to learn Facebook ads. I'm going to immerse myself in learning Facebook ads. And if I can do that, then I can find my audience and put it in front of the right audience and sell it outside of Amazon. And then if I can do that, I can probably then start directing some of those sales over to Amazon and get myself ranked. And that's exactly what he did. So he turned something that was technically a failure into a success. And he learned a freaking ton through that process. So now, does he have a huge skill set that he can take pretty much anything he wants now that he's done, now he also knows his research better, and being able to say, I can get this thing in front of as many people as I want because I know how to do it. Exactly. It's, it's a skill set. He has it now. Um, so a lot of people just think that it's, it's, it's your one and done. Like, I, I tried this thing, didn't work, hands up, on to the next. You know, now I'm going to do Kindle books. Now I'm going to do whatever, you know, flipping on eBay. Now I'm going to do it. 
pick one and do it. Immerse yourself in it. And then if it doesn't work, pivot a little bit, maybe even, and just try another thing maybe with that same thing or just learn and pick up where you kind of, you know, fell off and then, you know, take it from there. It's not a loss unless you basically frame it as a loss. You don't have to think of it that way. Think of it as a learning. It's a lesson, it's a, it's a lesson learned. All right. So I think that's going to wrap it up. Yeah, that's definitely going to wrap it up. I just <laughs> looked at how long we've been on here. It's been a, been a little while. And plus, we got to get with our team here. We're going to do some planning. Um, so it's going to be fun. But um, I just wanted to remind you guys that it's definitely all about the mindset. I'm telling you, I know it's you know, a lot of people don't like to listen to that. They're like, no, it's not. It's just about, you know, the way it works. Hustle it's, and grind. Yeah, hustle and grind. You know, it, it's mindset. If you don't have the right expectations going into this or the right mindset, uh, you you'll, you will be disappointed, you know, because we were talking about that too. A lot of people in this mastermind, not with them, but people that they help or that they've been in contact with, they think that they're going to take a hundred bucks and throw it on an ad and it's going to work right out of the gate. And you're already beat because we all know that that's probably not going to be the case, right? If you're running pay-per-click sponsored product ads in Amazon, your first, your first campaign for the first few days is probably not going to work. Having run millions of dollars in pay-per-click ads, I can tell you that is almost never the case. Exactly. But you have to have the right mindset right. that you're willing to know that going into this thing. And, and that goes with anything. It, it doesn't matter if it's pay-per-click or if it's uh, you know, a Facebook ad, whatever. It's, you just have to have the right mindset going into it and the right expectations. So um, with that being said, I am going to throw this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do... Uh, I, I actually emailed... Um, everyone about this, but I just kind of randomly. Um, but I know you and I have been talking about it. The team has been talking about it. And one thing that I kind of took away from the mastermind that I was in is that I, I enjoy that. Like I enjoy being around people that are not necessarily even in our industry, but it would be amazing to have people that we've, we've already come across in, in our, you know, meetups and stuff like that, that we know that would qualify, but people that are already up and running that are somewhat successful but to be able to put together our own mastermind. Now, I'm not saying 100% right now on this episode that this is going to happen, but it's something that I am going to probably try to make happen because I want it um, for myself, but then also for those other people. And I'm thinking like maybe 10 people, Chris, is what I'm thinking. And it will be a high-level mastermind. It's a nice round number. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's going to be something that we'll get together three times a year, maybe two days at a time. Um, and we will uh, really just dig into our businesses, but then also dig into our mindset and our connections and, uh, and meetups and all that stuff, retreats. Um, and that's what I, I'm thinking I want to do. That'll be one thing that uh, I wasn't really thinking that I would do. Um, and now I'm thinking that I, I want to. And I've had people ask me about it. So if you guys are interested in that, and I'm just going to kind of throw it out there. I actually did an email and I had a bunch of people uh, already respond. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but if it does, I would let you know. Just head over to theamazingseller.com forward slash mastermind, all one word. Um, so How's that spelled? Uh, M-A-S-T-E-R-M-I-N-D. Okay. So, uh, Put the, you on the spot. Yeah, theamazingseller.com forward slash mastermind. Um, and just go there, and um, I'll have a, um, I, I guess I'll put up a little form or something, and you guys can just let us know. Or just even just, I'll have my email there. You can just send it through an email. Um, we'll have something there. But if, you, if you're interested, get on that. It's going to be by application. Obviously, we have to make sure that everyone is the right match because I want every person in this group to be not just uh, gaining information, but also contributing. And, I, you know, I think even I was going to talk to you off the air, but I'll say it here on the air. Why not? Um, the one thing I noticed with this mastermind, though, is there was some, maybe two in there that I don't believe were contributors. 
And I would agree with that. And because of that, I would do a better job at when I create a mastermind that that wouldn't be the case. I think there, you, when you're in a mastermind, you expect that you're, you're there to mastermind. That means taking a collective That's set a, of minds. an organized conversation. You're taking the brain power of 10 people and bringing it into one. Um, that's really what it is to me. And I felt like that wasn't the case. Um, so even though you have enough money to join, doesn't mean that you're qualified. So with that being said, you know, there will be an application, you know, kind of process that we'll have to go through making sure that, you know, the people that are coming in are, uh, that, or that meet the criteria. But anyway. And obviously they're not all selling the same product. All of them. Exactly. And they, you know, some people might not even be selling on Amazon yet. It might just be great, you know, for people to be, on e-commerce or their own e-commerce, but haven't went into Amazon and vice versa. Um, I think that would be pretty strong. Um, and I'd be excited about that. So, um, but that's what I'm looking to do. Possibly don't know. Head over to the amazing seller.com forward slash mastermind, all one word. And, um, you'll get more information on that if we're, if we're going to do that. So, um, that's pretty much going to wrap it up. Chris, the one last call to action here would be uh, product discovery bootcamp. If you guys are at that place where you want to either pivot or even expand your product, uh, line that you have right now, head over to theamazingseller.com forward slash bootcamp. Theamazingseller.com forward slash bootcamp. All right, so that's it. That is going to wrap it up. We are going to end this together, Chris. Are you ready? I've never been more ready for anything in my life. <laughs> All right, guys, that's it. Like I said, the show notes can be found at theamazingseller.com forward slash 504. And as always, remember, I'm here for you. I believe in you and I'm rooting for you. But you have to, you have to. Come on, say it with me. Say it loud. Say it proud. Chris is going to say it today on the count of three. One, two, three. Take action. Have an awesome, amazing day, guys. And I'll see you right back here on the next episode. Chris, that was pretty good. That's what happens when we do it in person. And I can actually <laughs> see when you're talking.